Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your love. We thank you that your, your presence surround us. It surrounds us in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Amen. God is so good to us. Um, my name is Ryan, and I'm the um, administrator at the church and, and the fitness center. Um, I don't know if all of you know, but we have a fitness center just off I-94 that is um, owned by the church and operated there and um, as a blessing to the community. And I also coordinate the children's ministry. And so, um, so good to have you here. You can greet those around you and be seated. ushers would like to prepare we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings and um, there's just a quick verse I want to share with you like if unless I hold my phone just right sometimes it won't swipe properly here <laughs> Bible says where you where your tre- um, you where you deposit your treasure that is where you fix your thoughts and your hearts and your heart will long to be there also um, and I, I love my church family. I love my heart is here, and I just wanted to encourage you. In in your treasure, you uh, you put your treasure where your heart is. I just want to encourage you this morning uh, in your generosity that it's our heart that God receives in our giving. Like in children's church, we don't say we say that we don't put it all all the money in a rocket and shoot it up to heaven to God where He gets it. But our Finances show that we put God first. It puts puts God above things and above money, and um, and it blesses the house of God and the work of God that God is doing. And so we're so thankful for that. And also, you can see on the screen there's some different ways you can give as well. And so let's just take our offering in our hand here in a moment. But before we do that, I'm going to give an announcement. Um, this Wednesday, January 5th, we're starting our Wednesday night family services. Um, there will be children's ministry for all ages. Um, the adults will be meeting here, and the youth always meet every every Wednesday night at the fitness center just off the freeway in the upper level. Just want to encourage you to um, uh, be part of those things, as well as they're looking for some volunteers at the coffee bar. So if you have an interest in that, um, please speak to Alicia or Steph when she gets back. And um, Prayer. There's a prayer meeting here at 9.15 in the morning on Sundays, as well as 10 a.m. on Thursdays. The ladies meet for prayer as well. So um, let's thank God for the opportunity to give this morning. God, we thank you for um, supplying all of our needs. We thank you for all, of you, all that you've done in our lives. And God, in gratitude, we just offer these offerings to you. We just declare that your goodness is, is what sustains us. God, I thank you for your grace and your mercy over our life. And we just um, sow this as a seed into your kingdom, and we expect a harvest from it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Ushers can pass the offering containers. Pastor Steve. Happy New Year. Boy, you guys are the hearty souls. I'm so impressed. Where are all those other wimps? You know, I had a miracle happen this morning. 
I got in my car to come here, and the car thermometer said 26 below. When I got here, it said 14 below. I'm just saying, I don't know what happened. That's a true story. I didn't make that up. Man, it's great to have you all here, and thanks for um, taking time to ad, uh, embrace the adversity and come out this morning. So I believe that you're going to be blessed by the word. And uh, how many are looking forward to a, a 2022 good year? Yeah. Great year. Yes. Amen. We should have optimism because no matter what happens, God's on our side. We've got to remind ourselves that God's on our side. And, you know, there's some adversity that we have in our nation. But guess what? God knew that you're going to live at this time. And he put within you the ability to overcome all adversity that's in this in this area. Isn't that good news? So um, I have a, a great message for you. You know, at, at this time of the year, what people talk about a lot is, um, you know, like change, right? I remember his, in fact, I, I titled this message, The Times They Are A-Changing. And I've done this too, you know, I've talked about change, you know, like one, I got this from John Maxwell, he, he talked about this having uh, uphill life, but downhill habits, you know, so you want an uphill life that's going somewhere, but your habits are downhill. So talked about that. And there's all kinds of different things that you talk about at this time. So this is going to seem like a really weird, uh, not like that kind of a message. But I, I felt like there's some things that uh, I've been seeing about uh, the church, not just our church, but the church, and also culture and how uh, it's important for us to uh, challenge the culture and make sure that the attitudes that are out there the word Dylan there means Bob Dylan wrote that song. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. So I don't know if you need to put that there, but anyways. But, but that was a, one of his famous songs, The Times They Are Changing. And how many know that's true? Things are changing. You know, I have a little pet peeve. Um, I have a lot of old friends that send me Christmas cards. How many have that? You get older, you'll have old friends that send I haven't seen Some of them I haven't seen them for 20 years. And they'll send me cards of their kids or grandkids. Never them. And I find that curious. And I think the reason for that is I would look at a picture of them and say, the times they are changing. <laughs> right? Boy, life hasn't been good to you. It looks like, <laughs> you know, I remember I had a friend one time. That, you want to hear something terrible? <laughs> I had a friend one time. I hadn't seen him in like 30 years. And I go up to him, I said, hey, man, it's great to see you. And he goes, what have you been up to? Eating, I can see. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's great to see you, too. Because he hadn't, he hadn't gained a pound, you know. So anyways, but uh, anyway, so things change. And sometimes things change for the better. And sometimes things change for the worse. And that's the way life is. And, and we change. And so people, at this time of the year, you know, we're looking forward, New Year's resolutions, we want change in our lives. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a healthy thing to want change. Uh, they say that New Year's resolutions, when people start them, by the time they're, I don't know, February, it's all, it's life, it's kind of like a rubber band. Back to normal, right? I mean, it's hard to, it's actually hard to change. And so that's why it's important to to take bite off a little bit of a change and create momentum in your life. Um, but, but things change, 
And we want to change, but there's some things you can't change. I mean, you can't change the past. You can change your attitude about the past, but you can't change the past. The past is the past. You can't change most people in your life. In fact, if you try to change, most people just put their, dig their heels in and refuse to change. In fact, the fact that you brought it up makes them not want to change even more. Isn't that true? I'm not changing. I told my wife that one time. I said, you know, when we were talking about getting married, I said, this and this. I was a terrible husband, but I said to her, I said, you know how I am. I, I was, we were talking about getting married. I said, you know how I am, and I don't change. <laughs> but how many know this is true? That's all I've ever done since the day we got married was change. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, you, you think you're not going to change, but you're going to change, buddy. You're going to change one way or another, but you're going to change. You may become more embittered, but you're going you're gonna to change, right? So, but the point is that I'm making is that the one thing, so there's, you can't change the past. You can change your attitude to the past. You can't change other people. And sh- you should accept people the way they are and allow them to change in an environment of acceptance, not in an environment of, of you know, if you don't change, things won't be good around here. Um, and so you can't change other people. Uh, you can influence them. But there's one thing you can change, and that is you. Oh, you didn't like that. I mean, the, most, the, the thing that you have the most authority over is your own life. Isn't that true? That's the thing that you have the most authority over. And, and, I'm not, and, and God wants us to change, not because he's so frustrated with us, he can't take us anymore, but because he wants it to be better for us. He wants it to be, go good for us. And so he wants us to change. And, and that's an important thing to focus on, is to focus on the idea that if we change, our, the change that comes into our life has a ripple effect. And it affects other people and is a blessing to them. I mean, have you ever been around somebody whose life has been radically changed by God over, over a period of time? You know what a blessing it is to be around that person. They're like a breath of fresh air. And, and so, but there's some things that keep us from change, and that is by having the wrong focus. I mean, um, and, and in our culture today, there seems to be this general discontent, and it's like we're almost a grievance, a grievance culture. And we shouldn't be, because we really don't have a lot of things to be uh, really upset about. I mean, there's some things, of course, you can always find something to be really upset about, but, I mean, you compare us to other nations, we, we are blessed. I remember one time I was in Sri Lanka, and we were, we were in a taxi cab. And so I was talking to the guy. He spoke broken English. And so I was talking to him, and I, you know, he, he was telling me all the countries that he had visited. He said, been to Egypt, you know, he'd been to Dubai, been to all these different countries. And I said, have you ever been to America? You know what he did? He pounded his chest. He went like this. America. He almost started crying. America. America. And I'm sitting there thinking, I live there. It's not that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's going, America, America. And you find that in, that's why everybody's trying to get here. Because we live in this incredible environment of freedom that is a gift from God. Amen. But the temptation is to focus on what we don't have. 
and what isn't right and to create grievance. How many know that when you live with somebody, you know, you can focus on what that person, what isn't right about that person. And you just get this kind of crappy attitude. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, what have you done for me lately? Have you ever heard this story about the, this kind of a joke where this lady would watch this across the street, this neighbor across the street. And every night when the man would come home, he'd have like a bouquet of flowers or a little gift. And he would he would and, and she would come out and he would give her this gift and give her a big hug and a kiss. And it was just like the perfect scenario. And so the wife, she watched this for a while and she's getting discontent. She's getting frustrated because her husband comes home. And he's dragging. He walks in the door, goes over to the sofa, sits down, turns the TV on, just sits there and vegetates. And she's going, this is not the way it should be. So she's comparing that man and what he does to what her man does. And it's not measuring up. And she's getting pretty upset about it. And so finally she goes, she tells her husband what's going on across the street. And she, she's saying all these things. And she goes, why can't you do that? You know what he said? Well, I could, but I don't know if the guy's husband, the girl, lady's husband would understand. She meant hug me, but he goes, hug her. He, when you got to explain a joke, it didn't work. <laughs> but I want you to, did you get it? So I want you to, I want you to get this point, though. It's very important to have the right focus and not look at what you don't have. How many know you can always say what you don't have? You know, how many have heat in your car? How many thank God for heat? Man, I was thanking God for heat today. In fact, not only do I have heat in my car, I have a heated seat. Of course, I only got, I, I, it never, I never felt it by the time I got here. But, I, but I, the little light was on. I'm going, it's heating, but it's just I haven't felt it yet. But eventually it would come. So I was projecting into the future. But my point is that there's always something that you can be ungrateful for. And there's always something you can be grateful for. And it drives me, I mean, I, it doesn't drive me crazy, but it, it just, it, it brings such irritation to me when I listen to these people, people degrade America. I mean, I know we're not perfect. And I know our history is not perfect. But we are the we this nation is the greatest nation on earth. This this nation is probably the greatest nation that has ever existed in the history of mankind. And and I mean, to look at it and just degrade it is frustrating to me. But I want you to think about something because I want you to I don't want to talk about America necessarily. I want to talk about your own personal life and one thing that will help you more than probably anything you can do to develop a virtue, and that virtue is thanksgiving, to be thankful. Now here's, I'm going to talk to you about this, and I want to show you what happens here. And follow me here, because it's a little bit of a windy road, but it ends up in a good place. And I'll try to inject some humor, if I can think of some humor, to keep you on board. But I'll be going, open up. But I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 2, because I think the... There are always roots to things. And, and I like to find out where did it start. There's always roots to things. I like to know where it started. So we can become more. See, when we're not, when, we're, when we focus on what we can't change, we become more powerless 
more helpless, more pathetic, more hopeless, more envious, more jealous, and more ungrateful. When you focus on things you can't change. And you become, you get this feeling of helplessness, hopelessness. There's always something you can do in a situation that will help the situation. It may not bust it completely open, but it'll move the needle some in the right direction. There's always something you can do. And so, but watch this. Uh, I want you to look at this. In Genesis chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9, it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't know why, but I always just kind of thought there was just two trees in the garden. I don't know, I just thought, well, tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we know they chose to eat from the wrong tree. But notice what it says. Look at it again. He says, the Lord caused... Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. So he, he said he, he grew, he planted, God pl- planted a bunch of trees, made them grow in the garden. There's all kinds of trees and the trees were good to look at. They're pleasant to look at and they were good for food. So there's, I don't know how many, how many guess, guess how many trees there were. It doesn't tell you how many. Could be thousands of trees. Thousands of trees in the garden And he said every one of them was good to look at. Every one of them was good to look at. And every one of them was good for food. Good to look at and good for food. Every one of them. And so I want you to think about that. So here's a garden filled with trees that are all, they're permitted. He said, said you may, in fact, if you read, go over to chapter 2, verse 16. He says, the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree... Of the garden, you may freely eat. Notice the word freely. You're free to eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it, for in the day that you eat thereof, you shall die. So he goes, Of all these trees that are in the garden, you may freely eat of all of them. There's just one you can't eat of, and that's this tree. You can't eat of this tree. So you know what Adam and Eve should have done? They should have gone over to this tree and, and ate and said, Thank God for this tree. And gone over to the next tree and ate and said, thank God for this tree. Gone over to the next tree, ate and said, thank God for this tree. Gone over to the next tree, ate, thank God for this tree. And just gone through the garden and, and where God said, you may freely eat, they should have just freely ate and thank God for the fact that they could freely eat. And, and created an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that, an attitude of gratitude over all the trees of the garden that they were freely able to eat. Now, when the temptation came, when the enemy came with the temptation, he didn't say, wow, look at all these great trees you're freely to eat of. He went to the one tree. He went to the one tree. And he created a grievance between them and God. They had all these trees, thousands of trees they could eat of, but he brought them, but did you notice this one tree? That you can't eat of. Did you notice that tree? And he created a grievance. He created a wedge between them and God. And a complaint. Because they looked at the thing that they didn't have or they couldn't do. They focused on the thing they didn't have. Or the thing that they didn't, 
they couldn't do. They focused on that and it created a grievance in their lives. Amen. Instead of looking at all the things that all the blessings. I mean, if you're not if you're not if you live in America, you're not thankful. Ooh, That's pretty rough. I don't know where you as she leaves. One last amen as I go. I mean, if you can't be grateful here, you're you're not going to be grateful anywhere. Right. And somebody says, yeah, but you don't know how hard my life is. Well, I mean, life is hard. I mean, there's a lot of hard things about life. I mean, I'm not saying that all life is just, you know, heated seats and heated floors. I'm not I'm not saying that. I mean, all life isn't wonderful. My wife told me she was somewhere and maybe this is too much information, but somebody had a heated toilet seat. Praise God, there is a God in heaven. I mean, but, but I'm just, what I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to I'm use a little humor, but I'm just trying to get us to realize how we're really a blessed, incredibly blessed people. And that's just natural things. Then you can switch over to spiritual things. Thank God that we're adopted and accepted into the family of God. Thank God we're king's kids. Amen. Thank God we're a kingdom of priests before almighty God. Thank God that we have an inheritance. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that our sins are forgiven. Thank God that we have a home in heaven waiting for us. We got a lot to be thankful for. And then we then you'll go, yeah, but this one thing. My dishwasher, my dishwasher is broken. Go to your room. Right. I mean, isn't that how you feel? Yeah, I got this one thing. Yeah, but this this one thing, well, maybe five things. But that's how the enemy is. The enemy always tries to get us to focus on things that we don't have or things that aren't right. And I'm not saying that you can't fix you know, not to fix things, but we always do it from a standpoint of a grateful, grateful attitude. In fact, the Bible says the Bible says that. We're supposed to pray, and with every prayer that we offer, it says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. It's just like when, when somebody has a complaining, see, I was going to say a bad word, not a swear word, but it's kind of a rough word there, right there. I was going to say pissy attitude, but I decided not to say that. But when somebody, <laughs> when somebody has that, that kind of attitude, see, I gotta, I'm getting a lot of dirty looks right now. My wife is going to let me have it later. (laughs) Clean it up, preacher. But anyways, when we have the wrong attitude. And then we're going to pray. It's just like, how many know what I mean? It's just like, this is not good. That's why God says, offer offer our prayers with thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be grateful. The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. It should just come out of us constantly just because of our focus, because we're not focused on this one tree. We're focused on all these other trees, the thousands of other trees that we have that we can freely eat of that are good to look at and they're good for food. They're wonderful. They're blessings from heaven to us. We have wonderful children, wonderful grandchildren, and we put them on the pictures and we send them out at Christmas time and we don't put ourselves on the picture. And I don't know why that is, but it aggravates me. But anyways, but, but 
we can, we can shift our focus and we can change. Now, you, you think that this is just like a little Sunday school lesson. We just try to be a little thankful. But listen to me. Ungratefulness will, will put you in a dark place. Ungratefulness will bring you to a dark place. See, here's the deal. When I was a kid, you've heard me talk about this. If you heard me talk about Thanksgiving. When I was a kid, we would go to my grandparents' house, my grandmother, and we would sit down to eat. My grandmother would always say this. She would say to somebody around the table, like a lot of times with my dad, she'll say, Daniel, would you say grace? How many ever heard that expression? Now, she didn't mean for my dad to say grace. She meant him to give thanks for the food. And my dad used to, to bless my grandmother because my grandmother was Swedish. My dad would, um, my, my grandmother was Swedish. My grandpa was Norwegian, so they never got along. <laughs> but but, they, um, but my, my dad could pray that, the, the prayer. Uh, I don't know, I think it was come Lord Jesus or whatever in Sweden or Swedish. That would always be a blessing. I didn't know what they were talking about, but my, you know, but the, that was always a blessing to my grandma. But when she, what, 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 the word great, when he, she'd say, say grace, she's saying, give thanks for the food. Now, here's the thing you have to understand, is that grace is something that we receive at salvation, but grace is something that we need throughout our lives. Grace is the power to change. Grace is the power to change. Paul said, I am what I am by grace. In other words, my whole life has been radically changed because of grace, God's grace. Now, here's the thing you have to understand. If you're, a, if you're not a thankful person, you don't experience grace. A th- only thankful people experience grace. And the more thankful you are, the more grace you experience. That's why you should be t- incredibly thankful. But that's not the only reason to be thankful. It's also important to be thankful because when you're thankful, when you're not, being thankful is like a blocker. It's like a blocker that keeps you from going down a dark place. Because if you think about all the things that come because of ungratefulness. Now let me show you a couple places here in, in the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, but know this, that also in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous means difficult to deal with times will come. Now here's why difficult to deal with times come. Men will be lovers of themselves. That's, this is why these, these things will exist. They'll be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy. See, I don't know if people really understand that being unthankful is is unholy. We think about being unholy as being like sexually active outside of marriage or something that's unholy. But unthankful is being unthankful is being unholy. Having a having a attitude that's not full full of gratitude, that's unholy. Because what happens is that when you're ungrateful, your perception of reality changes. It's distorted. And it really opens you up to a great evil. Paul said one place that we abound 
in, in the things of God with thanksgiving. We increase or we abound with thanksgiving. I want you to look at one more verse here and then we'll try to move on from this point. But Romans chapter 1, it says, Romans 1 verse 21, it says, because although they knew God, he was talking about how the judgment of God comes upon people uh, because, of their, because of their sin and unbelief. And then he says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Everybody say this next phrase with me. Nor were thankful. Nor were they thankful. So what happens? Notice that right there it transitions. But they became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. See, they go to a dark place. When you're not grateful, you go to a dark place. Because what ungratefulness opens you up to is all kinds of negative attitudes. Amen? When you think about the original sin, where Adam and Eve fell in the garden, it came because instead of looking at all the things that God had given them and blessed them with, and being grateful for all those things and rejoicing in all those things, he got them to point at this one tree. This one tree that was, in a sense, victimizing them. I'm victimized by this tree. Have you ever noticed that everybody's a victim nowadays? You want to call the wambulance. I mean, come on. I know that there there's all kinds of injustices in life. But the moment you accept that victim tag... You're done for. You might as well put your body in the body bag. You're done for. Because life is hard. I mean, there are challenges that everybody faces. Some of the greatest things that has ever come to the earth came through people that struggled. That's why it's not wrong for people to struggle. I'm really preaching good here this morning. It's not wrong for people to scrub. We want to we want to relieve all struggle. And I'm I'm for that. I'm for helping people. It's benevolent to help people. But when you try, you can help. How many know this is true? You can help too much. Like the helicopter parents. I mean, every little, eh, what, 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 what's wrong? What's wrong? Everybody stop. You can help too much. You know, Mike, you know, some of us older people, you know, we know. Our parents were kind of like, he's up there 20 feet, 20 feet in the tree. Ah, oh, he'll be all right. What if he falls? Ah, oh, he'll be good. <laughs> Nowadays, they put a helmet on him. They put pads on him. They put a breast, a breast plate on him. They put uh, boots on him just to go out and get the mail. <laughs> I remember, you know, we don't wear helmets. when we, we ride bike a lot, bicycle and motorcycle both. We don't wear helmets. I know, it's terrible. And we were down in southeastern Minnesota. It's, it's kind of one of those tree hugger areas, but it's a beautiful area. So we were riding on a bike trail, and uh, there's this p- famous pie place there in this little town. See, am I upsetting you guys? Okay, so, so there's this famous, because some of you are looking at me like, what? I can't believe you. Are you still stuck on that word? So, 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 uh, so there's this famous pie place, so my wife wanted us to stop there and eat pie. And so we, we walk in, you know, off our bikes, no helmets. And the guy looks at me and he goes, why aren't you wearing a helmet? I said, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> this is America, isn't it? 
If I want to wear a helmet, I will. If I don't, I'm not going to wear one, you know. And then he went on to explain to me a friend that they had that riding bike that hit a bump and fell and hit her head and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, you know, life's rough everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry that happened, but you can fall and hit your head in the bathtub. I'm just saying, I mean, you're never going to protect everybody in every way. You can't do it. And we're destroying the human spirit by trying to remedy everybody's little struggle. Now I'm going to get off that. But that's true, isn't it? Sometimes people have to struggle I'm a little bit. I'm getting on my soapbox here. But here's the thing is that the temptation was that Satan created a grievance by getting them to look at what they didn't have. Now, here's what's bad about this. So I heard this quote one time. And this is what happens. And you have a decision to make. And a lot of it depends on gratitude. And gratitude will always depend on what you look at, what you focus on. Because how many, you know, like I saw some politicians saying, well, Elon Musk needs to pay his fair share of taxes. Now, I don't have no, I mean, I don't even know who Elon Musk is. I know he's a billionaire. And I mean, if you had $1 billion, you, you couldn't even spend it in your lifetime. I guess he sold a bunch of stock for $15 billion. And they say he needs to play his fair... You know, you know what his tax burden was? $11 billion. That's 80%. How'd you like to pay 80% in federal taxes? I'm, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, he can afford it, right? I don't care. But what bothers me a little bit is that attitude is that, hey, hey, looking over there at them going, they need to pay their fair share. Well, 80% is pretty fair. I mean, it's not fair. But, 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 I mean, that's a lot of money. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? And I know he can afford it, and I'm not saying that. I'm not on either side, but I'm just saying that. Well, I am saying something here, I guess. It's, I'm, getting, I'm aggravated about it. Because, because everybody thinks, yeah, well, because, because this is what ungratefulness does. It creates this attitude that I have a grievance, and they, they are the ones that are supposed to pay. I'm getting off the subject here. I know I am, but, but watch this. I, I read this quote one time by a guy, and he said this. This is the true joy in life. Being a force for good instead of a feverish, selfish little clot of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making me happy. I'm going to read that again. He says, this is the true joy of life, being a force for good. Being a force for good. That's the true joy in life, is to be a force for good instead of a feverish, selfish little clot of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making me happy. And a lot of times we go down in that dark place because of being ungrateful. We're not very grateful. Because we focus on, well, why does Elon Musk have 15 million or billion dollars? Why does he? I don't know why. I don't have that. But what I'm saying is, I'm not going to sit and focus on that and get, get all covetousness and get all greedy and get all discontent and get all angry about it. Because I'm blessed. 
Amen. And so are you. You're blessed too. And so here's what happens to Adam and Eve is that they, the enemy got them to look at this tree. How many can see that? And got them, created discontent in them. Now watch this. I want to show you how this was passed on to their children. Go over here to Genesis 4. I don't know if I had you put this up there. Genesis 4. And this is Cain and Abel are born. And it says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain, this is the firstborn, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So I, I kind of highlighted two things there. The first one is in the process of time. In other words, Cain, the reason his offering wasn't accepted was he gave it in the process of time. In other words, when he got around to it. He didn't give it. God requires first fruits. He didn't give it first. He, he gave it when he got around to it. So it, 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 determined, it, it reflects attitude. In other words, it's like, this isn't very important to me. And I want to make sure everything's going to be okay. So I'm going to make sure that I give it when I'm, I know I'm okay. Then I'm going to give an offering to the Lord. And so God rejected the offering because the attitude wasn't right. See, God doesn't receive all offerings. The Bible says that if there's a willingness, then the gift is received. So if there's not a willing attitude, God doesn't receive it. We think God would be so desperate, he would just take anything. Take it any way you can get it. Take it any way I can get it. You know, just get it. Here, take my money. You know, I don't want it. But no, it's the willingness. Because there was no willingness there, God didn't receive it. And he wasn't blessed. Go put that verse back up again. But when it came to Abel, it says, Abel also brought of, everybody say the word, next word. Firstborn. Everybody say first. Now, before anything else, the very first thing that every first animal that his, his flock produced, he brought that. And the Bible says God respected Abel and his offering. Why? Because he gave it willingly, he gave it joyfully, he gave it cheerfully. He gave it with excitement, gave it with passion. He gave it with priority, put God first. So God accepted it and God blessed him. And, um, but he didn't respect Cain's offering. Now go down a little bit further. Look at verse, um, look at verse, well, I don't know if I put that up there, but, but then God comes to Abel, or God comes to Cain, and God says, why are, you, why are you angry? Now, Cain could have said, this is not fair, right? How come he gets blessed? I'm not getting blessed. Not fair, grievance. It's not right. It's not, we're not being treated equal. We're not being treated equal. You're blessing him and you're not blessing me. And so God didn't say, well, I understand why you feel bad because you're not being treated equal. He didn't say that. He said, God says, why are you angry? What are you angry for? And why is your countenance fallen? Then he said this, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So here, here you can see that there's this unfairness of one is being blessed, one is not being blessed. And, and one is being accepted and one is not being accepted. And, and so this, this 
this tension is being created between them. Un, uh, this tension is being created. And so what happens is, what God is ta- telling him, basically what God did was God gave them equality of opportunity, but not equality of outcome. Equ- that's really important because God's not into equality of outcome. God's into equality of opportunity. Everybody should have the same opportunity, but not everybody should be assured the same outcome. He was not assured. He did not equal the outcome. He he equaled the opportunity. He says, if you do well, in other words, it's in your power. You can do well. You'll be accepted. Your gift will be accepted. You'll be blessed. Don't look at Abel and say, why did you bless him? I blessed him because he did well. That's why. How many can see what I'm saying? In this attitude that is permeating our culture, we're, we're trying to get everything the same. You know, I, um, <clears throat> the first time I went to Russia, I flew on the Russian airline. You know what it's called? Aeroflop. So when we landed, I understood, I understood how they got their name. He flopped that baby right on the runway, I'll tell you. Aeroflop. We flopped, all right. But, there were, but I walk in there, and there's no first class because everybody's the same. When I flew into Moscow, every, I, I looked out over Moscow, and there was thousands and thousands of apartment complexes. I didn't see one house, not one house, individual house. And I asked the missionary, oh, no, communism, everything's the same. They don't, they don't have opportunity of, op, they don't give op, equal opportunity, but they, give, they, they create equal outcomes. So you're all the same. So in other words, if you were, that's why they have shortages, because a guy who's driving truck, I mean, he doesn't have to work that hard because he's going to get paid anyway. He, he gets paid whether he works or not, whether he's innovative, whether he's creative, he's hardworking, he's going to get paid either way. So he's, you go into their stores back then, and their stores are practically empty. There's hardly anything in them. Why? Because, well, a guy drink a little vodka, you know, he didn't want to you want to get the truck there that day, you know, and because there's no incentive to work hard. There's no incentive. There's no reward to work hard. There's no incentive to be creative. There's no incentive to be innovative. It destroys the human spirit. It is totally against the way God ordained things to be. God ordained that we would be creative, that we would be expressive. That was the first thing I noticed about Russian people was they just walked around. They just walked like this. So why they all look the whole nation is depressed. Why their whole their spirit had been killed. By by a a totalitarian government that enforced uh, these strong standards on them that made everybody equal. So I'm going to get paid the same. I'm going to live in the same place. Everything's going to be the same no matter what I do. And that's why these, these, you know, these uh, philosophies like communism, they actually come out of ungratefulness. They come out of covetousness. They come out of jealousy. They come out of envy. That's, where they, that's the roots of them. That's where they come from. But they sound good, don't they? We're going to treat everybody the same. Everybody's going to be, everybody, it's going to be fair. When they say fair, I run. Because life isn't fair. Life's not fair. Turn to your neighbor and say, life ain't fair. You might get passed over. You might not get a trophy. 
Well, I got a participation trophy. That's because you stink. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. Amen. You can't sing. <laughs> I remember, I know, I'm getting a lot of bad looks right now. But anyways. But how many know you can't be good at everything? I mean, you're not good at everything. You're good at something. You do that. Do what you're good at and let somebody else do what you're not good at. I'm going to close. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a little jolly message here a little bit. I'm going to get yelled at when I get home in days. So you all pray for me, right? That I have. I'll say, I'll tell my wife, you can't change me. This is the way I. <laughs> but I think we should be upset about philosophies and ideas that try to, are, are being introduced into our culture that are destroying humans. Destroy the human spirit. That's why, you know, our, our culture, you go to other nations, they don't even have patent laws because they don't create anything. They're just trying to survive. But because people live, live in freedom, which is the way God intended for them to live, they're creative, they're innovative, they adapt, they overcome. That's the human spirit that God put within us. We struggle, yet we survive. We struggle, yet we overcome. We struggle, yet we, we prosper. We struggle, yet we, 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 we move forward. We struggle, yet we, we go ahead. We struggle, yet we're grateful. We're struggling, we, we, won't, we won't let ourselves go down that dark place. Because when you think about communism and socialism, when they were introduced to the world, they estimate 100 million people died. That's, that's some pretty bad stuff. And when you, I hear people say, yeah, but we're going to do it right. But I just want to say baloney, in as strong as words as I can, it's not that you're a better person. It's your philosophy. That philosophy doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You know, capitalism, they say, well, it's, capitalism is not the greatest, they say. But capitalism promotes individual freedom. In other words, you get to choose. I could be a lawyer. I could choose that. No, I wouldn't have any friends, but I could choose that. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> capitalism gives the greatest opportunity to the greatest number of people. Capitalism ism rewards hard work. It lifts the greatest number of people out of poverty. They say that 200 to 300,000 people a day worldwide are being lifted out of object poverty because capitalism is spreading to other nations. Even communist countries that are prospering, they have a communist capitalist type form of government. But communism actually is the opposite of that. It kills the, free, it kills the individual spirit, kills it. It kills opportunity, rewards laziness, and brings the society into poverty. And so, but what, what, what gave birth to it? Let's all stand together. I, I'm sorry, I, I screwed my message up. I'll preach in part two next week. So I'm gonna see how much, how, who enjoyed it by who shows up next week. 
I ain't going to hear that. Part two. Now, Lauren's got to think of a song. My country tis of thee. Sweet land of... I could actually preach another hour, but I think I'll close. But, you know, I, I personally don't like to struggle. How many, I mean, I don't. I, I would like to just have everything. I would like my wife to, to in the morning when I wake up, hi, dear. Would you like your coffee? Yes, please. Would, I mean, I would love it. But we all know that is, well, first of all, it ain't going to happen. But, <laughs> but second of all, we all know that it, ain't, it wouldn't be good for you. I mean, maybe on Father's Day or your birthday or whatever. But I mean, it's that kind of life. That's not good. People have to struggle some. I'm not saying not to help people, but you can help people too much. We, you know, America, I remember I listened to this guy from India talk, and he said, you know, for, for decades, people help Indians from India by just sending money. They send billions and billions and billions of dollars because there's such poverty there. It's unbelievable. And one of the problems is in fact, they won't eat them stupid cows that are running around all over. I remember one time we were going to a crusade and we were late. And we're all backed up and I'm wondering, what's going on here? I'm just, you know, I'm getting nervous and do you, I don't know if you remember that, Dave. And all of a sudden we get up to where it's blocked and some dumb cow has sat down in the middle of the road. And everybody thinks it's Uncle Fester. So they're all driving around real careful. They're looking, that could be Uncle Fester. I'm thinking, that's, that's hamburger right there. That's, <laughs> I'm looking, T-bone steak, ribeye. Woo, ribeye. That's what I'm thinking, ribs. But it's strange how your perspective goes. I don't know why I said that. I said, <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, so thank you for remembering. So we sent mil billions, billions over there. And I heard this guy say the greatest thing anybody ever did was a company came, opened up a, a manufacturing company there, or a call center. English, English, right? But the, the greatest thing they ever did was give them a job. This sermon is so in, um, politically incorrect. It's unbelievable. But, um, but they gave him jobs, is what I'm trying to say. And he says, that's the greatest thing they ever did. Because, they, because when you work and you make money and you earn a living for your family, I know I'm, I'm a narrow-minded bigot, but I, not a big, I'm not a bigot, but I'm <laughs> narrow-minded. I don't know what even the word bigot means, but I, I think it's bad. But anyways, what happens is when you let people work, everybody's got this look on their face like, but when you let people work, it lifts them up. Human, <laughs> human dignity. And I keep digging myself in a deeper hole here. But it lifts, your, it lifts people up. 
They feel good about themselves. I can support my family. I have value. I have worth. That's a good thing. He said that was the greatest thing that we ever did was bring jobs and let them dig themselves out. Anyways, um, how do I pray? And I'm just trying to say, here's what I want you to, when you go out of here today, here's what I want you to get, leave with. I want you to leave with this thing. I'm not going to look at that tree. I'm not looking at what I don't have. I'm not going to compare myself with others. I'm not comparing my husband with other husbands or my wife with other wives. I'm going to be totally grateful for all these trees in the garden. All the things that God has given to me in my life. I'm going to be totally grateful and I'm going to let God know it because I'm not going to that dark place. I'm not going to that dark place because you're going to create caverns of darkness in your mind. Amen. I was going to have a sing, but maybe we could just pray and I'll, I'll just pray. I'll, I'll redeem this sermon by prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, for letting us make it through another year. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. And Lord, we thank you for 2022. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that great things you have in store for us in 2022, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Thank you for 2022. We thank you in advance, Lord, that your hand is upon our lives, that you guide and direct our lives and guide and direct us through 2022. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for that new thing that you will do in 2022. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And I just pray, Lord, that that you would just cause all of us to have grace to change and let us be totally grateful this year as we go, we step into this year. Let it just be with a, a audible praise and thanksgiving continually to you for what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Lord, even when we go through struggles, Lord, let it just be a, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Well, do you have a song we could sing? Sure, sing it.
lift our hands and just give God one more praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for all you've done for us, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. God's good. Just remind you that Dave will be out in the table in the foyer. If you have a complaint, you'd like to register with him. He's the man to see. And uh, or if you want to give us your information, because we're in winter now, if we have to cancel or something, we want to make sure we get you the information. But, but hey, it's been great. It was great for me. Hope it was great for you. But anyways, I'm just joking. But uh, we do have some fellowship uh, objects back there. And so join us for some fellowship. Also, the prayer counselors, if you guys could come forward right now. If you need prayer for anything, uh, please, uh, just as soon as I dismiss, just make your way forward. We'll pray, pray for you. Remind you that this Wednesday, we start Wednesday night services. We're going to be talking about um, establishing a relationship, or establishing a devotional life with the Lord. It's going to be powerful. So that starts this Wednesday. I think it goes for four weeks, and then we, we're going to start. We're going to pick up something else after that. But it's for the whole family, adults, children, teens. So please join us. God bless you all. It's been great being with you. Have a great week. You're free to go.